Hi, welcome to Gov Geeks Assemble. I'm Javier. And I'm Karen. And together we are the, the Gov, Gov Geeks. Geeks. Thank you so much for joining us today. So every week we get together to do a lovely little show that we call Gov Geeks Assemble. Level up your nine to five on 95. And this week we're talking about what is workplace casual or what is workplace appropriate, really. <laughs> Karen, what are your thoughts on the idea? Well, I think it, of course, we, we talk about a little bit later is it depends on what your job function is but for the purpose of this conversation we're really talking about professional clothes sure clothes so, attire right so if you're in the office environment meeting mm -hmm. with executives or for an interview but essentially that that's what we're talking about in an environment like that how do you dress that down mm -hmm. so workplace casual so we wanted to talk a little bit about that as far as what does that mean if you are in a public-oriented environment? Well, if you've ever had any questions on any of that stuff, this show is for you. So let's go ahead and start with our intros. Okay, so we have three tips for you uh, for this week. First off, we're talking about uh, what is something that's professionally appropriate. Also something that is fun, we like to call it smart chic, or as Karen would describe it, a geek chic, because she is the chic gub geek. And then lastly, uh, something that's a little bit more uh, comfortable as well, but something that's still right, good Comfortable, to wear. but still appropriate. Exactly, comfortable, but appropriate. All right, so the first off, uh, talking about this bigger concept about professionally appropriate. Um, Karen, what, what are your thoughts when you hear something that says professionally appropriate? This means this is not gonna be something that I roll into um, at the club, right? It's not gonna be a, a short dress or jeans that are faded or have a lot of rips and tears in them. Sure, yeah. So when we talk about professionally appropriate, uh, it's kind of a, a fun thought really, because uh, what is appropriate both for if you're in the office, like back in the good old days when all of us were mm -hmm. working shoulder to shoulder with one another, uh, or thinking about it positively now where we're able to get a lot of benefit from working virtually as well, uh, what is appropriate for a uh, like a Zoom call or a virtual mm -hmm. meeting, that sort of stuff as well. Um, okay, so Karen, what are some tips for people who are seeking to be uh, professionally dressed in an appropriate fashion? Well, first thing is, what is your job function? Right, right. How are you gonna be interacting with people on a day-to-day -day basis? And also just about not only what your job function is, but what is the culture of your office? Mm -hmm. So many of our um, offices within, I know, our area, especially within DC, but typically a government office, you're gonna have a professional usually suit and tie mm -hmm. um, or you know suit oriented so in order to address what is more casual we want to kind of stem from that type of work environment so again professionally appropriate would be making sure that the length of your dress or your skirt is appropriate it's not too short not too tight for men also making sure even though you may enjoy that European cut, making sure that your pants are not too tight there exactly, as well. Exactly, the extra, extra slim fit. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and again, just making sure that 
what you would wear you would feel comfortable if you were to run into an executive so making sure you're not showing too much um you know exposing a little bit too much yeah which would not be too appropriate and also i mean for an executive that's trying to set a tone for their organization for their culture as well they're trying to be mindful for all of this as well so if you are an executive and you're thinking about well, what is the best thing for me to do? One of the interesting things I've always noticed is that uh, depending on what the executive wears, that then cascades down throughout the culture of the organization. So if the executive is really relaxed, dressed, mm -hmm. then uh, from there, everyone further below is gonna be at that level as well. But uh, if we're thinking federal government, there might be the opportunity to run into a meeting and you have foreign heads of state. You might have uh, others that are uh, really as part of like a dignitary or a fashion appropriate to that. So if you are going to be appropriate, think about how you can be appropriate for that scenario. Yeah, exactly. And like you were saying, it kind of comes from the, you know, top down. And you know, one antidote from where I work is for men, it was typically you wear the <laughs> plain white button down shirt. Exactly. Nothing frilly, you know, no patterns, no colors. Maybe just, a light blue as well, right? Or uh, No, it was really just, just plain white. <laughs> so it was always, you know, kind of that's how you saw all the other executives and down going. And, you know, I like fashion. I like to have a little bit of fun with things. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see the pop here and there where you're still professional, but let's say you have a shirt that's a little bit, you know, of a different color, different pattern, and then right. like you with the bow ties. Of course, love my right? bow ties. Having the pop of the bow tie, having the pop of the, the socks, you know, <laughs> ways that you can make it your own, but still kind of maintain professional. Yeah, so I, I think one of the great things that you mentioned is about just the culture and observing where people are in the culture. So when you're going to the interview uh, or you're preparing for the interview, think about, well, what does it look like there? What are the folks dressed up as? So if you know people that are there, that's a great question to ask to help you prepare for how to dress to, to go there. Or honestly, um, if you're able to have a nice cup of coffee and you're sitting outside the building and you just see people coming in and out, you can get a good sense of, well, what are everyone uh, wearing? Like, what are they what are they dressing like? So you can try to um, go with that as well. And then once you're in there and you're hired and you got your position and everything, also just look around. Um, I mean, get a good feel for who is wearing what and also why they are wearing that. I know a lot of our IT colleagues uh, like to dress professionally, but they need comfortable shoes uh, because a lot of times they are uh, crawling around different uh, workspaces and everything, trying to set up different cables and equipment and materials and all of that. So the more familiar they are with what their requirements are, the, you know, the better off that they're gonna be. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about the comfortability of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and as far as you know, having interviews via Zoom, that might be hard to discern what the dress is like, but that's where you can ask that question. Ask, you know, when they give you that opportunity to ask your questions, you can ask, well, what is the standard dress code like so that you can get a feel for it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the more that you know about the organization, the better off uh, I think that you're going to be. Uh, another interesting thing to note is if you're trying to think about where you are in the organization and you're thinking about career advancement and where you want to go in your career and everything, then take a step back and just observe uh, the individuals that are at that next level, whatever the, the next grade level, or it could be like if you're in a division and the other area is a branch or the next area up is an office or however the org structure is in your organization, 
what are the patterns and trends that you see people typically going through? And so it's a good thing to know and understand, well, what what is uh, appropriate at that level and what are the requirements for all of that? So just be prepared. Okay, Karen, so we're talking about uh, Smart Chic as the next one. Uh, what's a little bit more about that one? Well, it's kind of the, the smart casual, or let's say if you have a training that you're gonna be attending where it's not necessarily all suit, mm -hmm. um, requirement you can dress in a smart chic oh, yeah. way smart chic right which for most of us is let's see how we can either maybe dress up some nice jeans uh, with a blazer and uh, for for those who wear heels you can pair them with heels or flats a nice mm -hmm. pair of shoes essentially some you, pumps right maybe no sneakers but you want to wear you know, heels. What about nice super shoes. high stilettos or, or things like that? Things that basically you could be fearful of your ankle, like snapping off wearing right. those. Right. You definitely don't want to be wearing that type of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so basically smart chic is just uh, being professional, but just having a little bit more of a character to it and also a degree of comfort uh, to it as well. So it's not, you're not wearing a tuxedo, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're not wearing like a, a tracksuit uh, either. Right. I like to think of um, Kate Middleton, right? How she dresses where mm. it's just, I, I call that smart chic, where it's just a nice put together professional, but casual way. Right. Well, and, and Karen, over the years, uh, and our colleagues and our friends, you've earned a great nickname. So of course, of course, we have the Chic Gov Geek, which that is your moniker. That is totally you. But also the Latina Jackie O. Mm. So yeah, what's that about? I mean, it was just the nickname that I was given by one of our close friends. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just something that, that stuck just based on how I would dress, right. um, you know, and it was, I guess we talk about that whole um, quotation where you're, there's no such thing as overdressed. Oh, Oscar Wilde, absolutely. You can never be overdressed or overeducated. Right, so that's kind of what my moniker was just because we would go out with friends back in the day when we could go out with friends. <laughs> and I would always just be, I guess, to them a little bit more Upward yeah. dressed, I, I don't know how. You were dressed for the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So um, it was always kind of a joke as amongst our friends. So. Well, I, I think there's something about that, though, because it's about also developing brand identity with Smart Chic. Uh, so you have a style and a class that, that's really great. And I think also it's about uh, if you're uh, thinking about what's important for you and what you would like to wear, to really have that type of a brand. And I know, of course, we've talked about my bow ties in the past and colorful socks and everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for, for glasses, glasses, right absolutely. Mm -hmm. my, my hair is a, a certain way. Mm -hmm. I, I have a bit of volume to there. It's quite voluminous. Mm -hmm. um, but really, when all of that is put together, it creates kind of this brand identity. So mm -hmm. if I was going to an interview, for instance, and a person would be like, oh, yeah, what was that other person? That, that one guy? Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy with the bow tie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you even have wooden bow ties you have I do. of course all self-tie bow ties for the most part for the except most part, for yeah. the special um, football ties. baseball bow ties <laughs> yeah. so those look really you great you have a massive collection i i do yeah so uh, if we go three months straight for work days i can wear a different bow tie for each day wow so you've actually done the analysis on that oh i totally have it's great <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but if you were to think about what is your uh, professional identity, your brand, if you will, how do you want to be known or remembered by how you present yourself? Because that translates into a thought about how a person is going to go about accomplishing their own day-to-day -day tasks or their activities. If this person is hired on here, or if they get this project or this promotion, you could uh, have this idea that they're going to be able to perform a certain way based right. upon... Right, and how are they going to represent our organization? Exactly. Are they going to be a great representation of what we want to portray yeah. to the public or to other agencies? And in federal government, that, that's one of the big things because as you progress through your grades and your promotion levels and your areas of responsibility, it is less about you individually within your own team, group, or unit, mm -hmm. but how you're representing that unit and different parts of the organization, the department, or across departments, or even intergovernmental uh, as well. So they want to make sure that the right person uh, is going to present correctly uh, for others as well. Right, and there's also, um, you know, you want to think about finances, yep. right? So it's easy to say, oh, you want to make, you know, wear a suit or wear a blazer with, you know, pearls, all this sorts of stuff. But understand that as you come in, you know, you're at lower levels and then you continue to move up and sometimes it might be hard. I mean, I remember hearing stories about somebody who kind of broke down because their supervisor told them, look, you need to be wearing suits but they could not afford suits at that time. Right. So it was a very difficult time for them. And I think it's it's not just, you know, there's ways to get suits donated. There's mm -hmm. ways to, you know, I know a lot of times we go consignment shopping or thrift shopping, shopping. Absolutely. and we make something our own. And we've done that for years as well. Yeah, and yeah. continue to do so. Uh, of right? course, because honestly, there are some really great articles of clothing out there at thrift shops that oftentimes get overlooked. Mm -hmm. And the cost compared to like a brand new one, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and also for, for Smart Chic, it's very important to really make friends with your tailor. Uh, so there is a degree of cost associated with that, of course, but if you could get like an $800 suit that you actually purchase for far less than that, like $100, and then you invest a little bit in uh, tailoring. And right, you or learn how to sew yourself. Yeah, that's definitely possible as yeah. well. I know yeah. I've, I've uh, had to sew many a dress mm -hmm. um, because I am petite, so I've had to, to learn how to do some hemming, Right. Um, and it's definitely a valuable skill. So there's still ways to, to do it, and you know, especially in our communities now where we have a way to reach out virtually, you mm -hmm. know, there are many ways where you can have, um, I think we had a clothing swap with a, you know, a bunch of my girlfriends. Oh yeah, that was awesome. You know, we would do a clothing swap. So there's just a lot of ways to, to go about it. There, there definitely are. Yeah. L looking for things on, on clearance and, you know, overstock.com and everything. Uh, of course I, I love getting a lot of they the, have clothes the, at overstock.com. I thought they did. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Burlington Co Factory is another one that we've gone to plenty of times, uh, to get some really solid clothes there. Uh, and that's, you know, far less and if you were going to go to a, um, you know, whatever at the mall, <laughs> you know, going to Nordstrom or something like that. Um, but certainly it, it is something that, that is possible, mm -hmm. I, I would say. Okay, so we've talked about what is professionally appropriate, uh, what is smart chic. Now let's look at what is comfortable. So what's this idea about comfortable and workplace casual? Yeah, so again, you want to be comfortable and whether it's because you're commuting in, a lot of us 
don't live in DC mm -hmm. or regardless of where you know you you work if you have a city environment where your work is but you live further out in the suburbs you have to commute in so is that via public transportation you right. got to make sure you're comfortable you're not going to break any ankles uh, yeah. so you want to make sure that that you are again comfortable but how do we accomplish that with still making sure that we are dressed appropriately? So you talked about the ETs, right? The um, IT personnel, those types of individuals who need to be able to, to move around, get on the floor, move pallets, you know, things like, of that nature. So they would have a different um, way of dressing, hmm. but you still want to make sure that you have something in your office in your cubicle that you can change into if you need to have a big meeting mm. with an executive or if you have an interview that you want to change um, to make sure that you're dressed appropriately so yeah uh, one of the fun things like for me when i was doing a lot of interviewing and i was in uh, an, another job in, in the private sector um, i would go in for for work during the morning as as needed to and then after that i'd ha have the rest of the afternoon off because i you know take leave or, or what have you uh, and the only place that I could change for the interview was actually in my car. So <laughs> I just head out there, you know, I'm putting on the dress shirts and everything, my dress shoes uh, that are a little bit more appropriate for the interview, and then just like headed off um, from there. Uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, you can do the Superman thing and just jump into a phone booth <laughs> and change really quick. Are those around anymore? <laughs> yeah. Might run into a problem there. Maybe you board might, bodies? <laughs> right. Um, or, you know, finding another spot just to, just to go in and change to, to be ready for that. And some other things just, I think, with comfortable, because you mentioned about like the commuting and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, tons of folks I know uh, wear like tennis shoes and socks with whatever their uh, outfit is. Mm -hmm. And then when they get to work, then they uh, take off those shoes, pop on uh, heels or dress shoes. Oh, or yeah, what I have, have my drawer of heels. Yeah. Yep just in case and you're off and going. Uh, it's been my experience sometimes where if you have a wardrobe malfunction, <laughs> um, if for instance, this one time I was uh, just moving some different binders and everything for a large project that we had for a federal client a while ago. And uh, yeah, I'm putting it down and I just get this huge tear right in my suit. And uh, it was oh, no. it was totally not appropriate. Right. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go throughout the day with that. So uh, that was a big lesson learned for me uh, then to have a nice uh, option for a change of clothes in the office. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think I often have um, some ties in my office. Even though I don't wear ties, I have it for my team members in case we have a, an important meeting that pops up mm -hmm. without, you know, a lot of notice. I can make sure that my um, team members will have the ability to throw on that tie before they go up. So that's also a suggestion just to have those extra things in your office, have that extra blazer, have that extra pair of shoes. Um, I know one time I went, uh, I got dressed a little too early and in the dark mm -hmm. and I ended up with one black heel and one brown heel. Um, still the same style, but they were just two different colors and I didn't realize until I was at the location when the sun came up, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh wait a minute. <laughs> hopefully nobody notices or I just start a trend. Never know. Right. I'm sure you were just moving your feet so fast. No one could tell. Maybe so. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's again, making sure you're comfortable. Like if you are wearing tennis shoes um, or if you're doing a lot of site visits or things like that, you do want to make sure you are comfortable and safe with your footwear, mm -hmm. but you can still also make sure that they are stylish in a way where they're work appropriate. So instead of sneakers, maybe they're some sort of nice flats or right. and I think you have often a hybrid of um, shoes where they, they look 
nice and fancy, but mm -hmm. they're um, very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think one of the big things about them being comfortable is the insoles. And, and so men and women, you can take out the insoles and put in like a Dr. Scholl's or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that really adds to the comfort. Uh, and that is a, a fantastic thing that I have found. So if I'm uh, commuting or from in the metro or the train or what have you, uh, and I'm wearing those, yeah, just so much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're very nice. Uh, or you can just, as you're deciding which shoes you're looking to purchase, just uh, see what the insoles actually look like uh, as well. But there's typically, again, a lot of good options that's available for that. So you look professionally appropriate. Um, you look casual, but you also, again, look uh, comfortable. Right, and as we talk about comfortable, we also want to mention with this whole Zoom or virtual work setup that most of us have, uh, just to also make sure that you're dressing appropriate there. Because right. oftentimes people think, well, I'm just working virtually. Either I don't turn on my camera mm -hmm. or I'm just going to throw on a hoodie and or stay in my pajamas, you know, which I, I just wouldn't recommend because for me, it's all about kind of getting into the mindset of, all right, here's my work day. So I continue to still have that same routine of getting up, showering, doing hair and makeup, getting mm -hmm. dressed mm -hmm. to, again, kind of have that sort of structure in my day. But it also helps delineate like, all right, I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to do this. And um, I still have something professional on. Um, there have been days, though, where let's say I have like a really late night the night before, like I'm you know, working until the wee hours of the morning, but mm -hmm. still have to get up um, right. to start meetings at 9 a.m. So um, I might not be as put together at that point, but um, still try to do your best to maintain a professional work um, attire, even if you're meeting virtually. Yeah, I think that that's the thing. It's just how do you decide to show up for the positions that you have responsibility for, for all of those activities. Um, and, you know, honestly, you could have your, your jacket that is there in whatever part of the house that you're having your, your Zoom meetings or mm -hmm. your, your virtual meetings. Um, and, and then just throw it on, you know, do your tie really quick. And then, bam, once you're finished, then you're able to transition out as, as needed. But it's still just really, how do you decide to really, again, be present for whatever the opportunity is for you? Mm -hmm. How uh, are you representing yourself mm -hmm. and the organization? But more importantly, yourself, right? Yeah. How am I being represented? What is my, like you said, What brand? is my brand? Mm -hmm. Exactly. How am I supporting my brand? Uh, so those are three great strategies. I think that's helpful for everyone to get through this idea about what is workplace casual. First of all, uh, what is professionally appropriate? going for something that's a little bit more smart chic. And then lastly, uh, trying to make sure that you're bringing comfort into the equation as well. So those are our three tips. Um, if you have uh, questions on any of those, please feel free to reach out to us. Head to our website, thegovgeeks.com. You can also send us an email at info at thegovgeeks.com. Um, but we're actually moving on to the next section of our show, which is our questions from the Gov Geekdom. Every week we answer a couple of questions from our colleagues and friends that have uh, sent in questions or we've had a chance to work with them on these topics. So if you have a particular question that you want to ask us, please uh, send it our way. Let us know. We're happy to add it to the show. So here we go. We have two questions. The first is, what if I get a job offer while waiting for another agency's offer? Right, which it's great that you get a job offer. Yeah, so congrats. To that. Yeah, um, but I think it's just, do you want to still hold off? 
you know, do you want to say, well, no, no, thank you. And then really put all your eggs in this other basket for the other position. Oh yeah. What happens if you hold up and then the other one never comes and then you're totally without a job yeah, you're without anything. Yep. Or do you jump for this one, but it's not really going to be a good fit. I, I, I think really you want to kind of go with your gut on this one. And there's nothing to say that you can't go for that job. And then if the other one comes up, you can maybe step back. It depends on what the, I guess, the agreement is right. um, for the other organization. But I would say you really want to think hard as far as, do you want to let this one pass by and really hope that you get the other one? Or would you just like to get your foot in the door with this one and then maybe eventually have a strategy to how to get back to the other organization? And at the end of the day, it, it's all about relationships in these positions because uh, a year could pass, six months could pass. What if the job that you went for, that you really wanted, ends up being just a terrible choice? Because <laughs> you just didn't know for sure. Uh, or what if, um, again, you're progressing in your career and it just so happens that a roadblock to that next step in your career was from a hiring manager that you kind of burned a bridge on not too long ago. So make sure that you're, you're mindful of all of that. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, what's important is your fulfillment and your happiness. And being a public servant, you want to feel really good about the work that you're doing. So like Karen was saying, just make sure that you are choosing the thing that you feel most connected with. And if it's something where you're waiting for the other offer to come through, uh, you could tell the first person that offered you the position, I'm really excited about this. I just want to make sure that I understand everything. Could you please give me a, a day or two to understand or go through the materials a little bit more? Uh, that buys you a little bit of time. And then you can go to the other organization and say, look, I, I have a day or so. Uh, I was really excited about this position, but unfortunately, if I don't hear from you guys, I'm, I'm going to choose this other one. Mm -hmm. uh, so then that can get them moving a little bit. Uh, you know, if, if again, they wanted to hire you, they had the capability to hire you. Uh, and if not, uh, then you take that other job and you still have good connections with the other organization. And then you're able to say, uh, yeah, you know, um, as your career is growing, maybe there's another opportunity for you to go there later on. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so the next one, should I list soft skills on my resume? That's a good one. Yeah, I think it depends on the soft skill. I know we've talked about leadership mm -hmm. is a soft skill. Yes, it is. But it's a very important one, especially as you're going for... Um, any of the higher positions, but really any position requires leadership. Right. So you want to make sure that you are able to touch on that and highlight that uh, since it's not really a technical skill. However, um, things like hardworking, you may not want to, to be highlighting or list on your resume. Right. I, I mean, basically, everyone that is being evaluated is going to say that they're hardworking. I mean, there, no one's going to submit a resume that says, I am super lazy. I am the most terrible <laughs> I am choice. I the worst procrastinator ever, <laughs> but I get warned. the job done. <laughs> exactly. No, really, I, I think the important thing is how do you demonstrate those skills and capabilities? So if you're really talking about something that's hardworking or leadership, uh, make sure that you are describing what those qualities are. So really think about how uh, you are writing your applications or your resumes to demonstrate that you have those materials. The, the more that you really kind of get to the point about how valuable your work is and your experience, the more you're going to want to use that. Okay, so those are a couple ideas on soft skills. Uh, did I miss anything on that one? No. Okay. All right, so thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. 
Yeah, workplace casual, I, th I think, is an appropriate topic for us to continue having conversations on, really, because at all phases of your career, how you present yourself is an ongoing uh, important factor for us to consider. So today, again, we talked about professionally appropriate, smart, chic, as well as comfortable. Uh, Karen, do you have any closing thoughts on this whole topic? Yeah, I think you want to make sure to remain authentic to yourself, mm -hmm. your own style, kind of get an understanding of what that is and just tailor it in a way that is workplace appropriate. So whether it's the professional or casual workplace, you still just wanna make sure that again, you are dressing appropriately, you're being authentic, and you are showing your brand. And just if you continue to do that, you will be successful. Oh, I love it. That's so good. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week on GovGeeks Assemble. Level up your 9 to 5 on 95. Take care.